Chapter 5 The Audience and Trial Verse 17 And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Aren't thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim. Now, therefore send and gather unto me all Israel unto the Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves, four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. First Kings, chapter 18, verse 17 through 20. Ahab came as summoned to Elijah, but he could not refrain from making a bitter charge. Quote, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? End quote. This is a religious charge. The sin of Achan was that he, by his offense against God, troubled Israel. And the place of his burial was called Achor, or trouble. Joshua, chapter 7, verse 26. Ahab's anger against Elijah was a religious one. The prosperity and success of Israel was in Ahab's eyes a product of the religious process of syncretism, peaceful alliances with pagan states and with pagan religions. By his uncompromising stand, Elijah had brought trouble to Israel and near ruin. No doubt Ahab had many reasons in mind to explain away the fact of judgment. Elijah's answer is blunt. The trouble of Israel is the dynasty of Omari, because, quote, ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baalim, end quote. The work of the prophets is never understood unless we recognize the word of the Lord which they proclaimed, and in terms of which they judged was the law, the Torah. Ahab wanted syncretism and compromise. Elijah ordered a confrontation and test. 450 prophets of Baal and 400 fertility cult prophets versus himself at Mount Carmel. At this point, with the drought so far gone that the next step was death for all things, Ahab saw no way out but to comply. Thus, the people, prophets, Ahab, and Elijah gathered at Mount Carmel. Verse 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. Then said Elijah to the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. 
and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces, lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. And call the name of your God, and Put no fire under. And they took the bullock, and which was given them, and they dressed it. And they called on the name of Baal from the morning, even until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they looked upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God, and either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey or peradventure. He sleepeth. He must be awoke. So they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets until the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied from the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. First Kings chapter 18, verse 21 through 29. Elijah confronts the people with their compromise. He does not here accuse either Ahab or Jezebel, but rather the people. They halt or limp between two opinions, wanting the benefits of both without commitment of either. Quote, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. End quote. The people, however, were totally silent. They were confronted not only with two rival faiths, but two rival men, Ahab and Elijah. And they chose silence. Hence, Elijah says, quote, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. End quote. His thrust was, quote, only I fulfill my calling. The other prophets are either hiding or silent. End quote. Elijah then explains the test. Each side will prepare an altar to its Lord and ask that the Lord to answer by fire, setting ablaze the wood under a sacrificial bullock. The prophets of Baal had no choice but to comply. The people were present. Ahab had obeyed Elijah and ordered the confrontation. Moreover, their belief in sympathetic magic made them ready to believe success was possible. For them, in a universe of chance, all things were possible, and man, by sympathetic magic, 
could create certain responses in nature. We still have many rain dances and like performances among the American Indians and other peoples. It is also true that some of these men could then and now perform remarkable feats by invoking the spirits or powers. We would call them demonic spirits and powers. More than a few missionaries have witnessed extraordinary incidents of this kind. Some American Indian medicine men, for example, could pick up wild rattlers at a spring branding place without any harm. The prophets of Baal resorted to self-inflicted wounds in order to gain responding gifts from the powers. Some of the cuts could have been self-castration, at times resorted to by cultists of antiquity, as a means of gaining or responding a grant from the powers. All these things Elijah observed with abiding and satirical comments until mid-afternoon. Then it was Elijah's turn. Verse 30. Then Elijah said unto the people, Come near to me. And the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant. And I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. 1 Kings 18, verse 30-39 We are told that Elijah, quote, repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down, end quote. This does not mean that he repaired an old altar, because verses 31 and 32 made it clear that he built a new one. His work of repair was to reestablish symbolically 
First, the purity of the faith. Second, the unity of God's covenant with the twelve tribes of Israel. He took twelve stones to indicate the division between Judah and Israel was wrong. That God's covenant was not with a fragment, but with the totality. Next, Elijah had the altar, the sacrifice, wood, and stones drenched with water from the few surviving springs nearby. Elijah ordered the people to do the drenching. They were to be the witnesses of God's miraculous power. And Elijah prayed to the Lord, calling him, quote, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, end quote. Hammond commented on this, quote, Two things are to be noticed here. First, that this formula had only once before been used, and that by God himself, before the giving of the law at the burning bush. It was when God revealed himself in flaming fire that he had proclaimed himself the God of Abraham, etc. Secondly, that the variation, quote, Israel, end quote, is made designatedly. See verse 31. Not only to proclaim the Lord as the God of Israel, see chapter 17, verse 1, but to also suggest that the name and privileges of Israel belong to all the sons of Jacob, end quote. In his prayer, Elijah asked first, quote, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, end quote. When later Elijah says, quote, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, end quote, 1 Kings 19.10, he speaks the truth. As a true man of God, Elijah was jealous for the God's honor and glory. Second, Elijah then prays, let it be known, quote, that I am thy servant, end quote. He had been internationally defamed and hunted. Rightfully, since he suffered at the Lord's cause, he asked the Lord to vindicate him. This is a thoroughly godly concern. Third, Elijah prays that God make it clear that Elijah is not only God's servant, but also one faithful to God's command. Quote, that I have done all these things at thy word, end quote. It was not Elijah's initiative, but the Lord's. Many knew Elijah to be a man of power, and obviously believed that Elijah had used his powers miraculously against Israel. They were ready to ascribe Elijah's invocation of the drought to personal malice, rather than God's command. Fourth, Elijah prays that the people may know God as the Lord. Quote, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. End quote. This is the only part of Elijah's prayer which he did not get a full answer. Hence his grief and despondency later. 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 4 through 14. God answered by fire. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. And the fire consumed not only the sacrifice, the wood, the water, but also the very altar stones. The people, confronted by the majesty of the miracle, fell on their faces in awe, exclaiming, quote, The Lord, He is the God, and the Lord, He is the God. End quote. Elijah's name means, quote, My God is Yahweh, end quote. And thus, their exclamation echoed the very name of Elijah. Quote, And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, and let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and slew them there. First Kings, chapter 18, verse 40. This verse troubles many commentators, and some pass over it silently. J. Robinson feels that here, quote, we see just how primitive at times were the religious and ethical responses of even the greatest of the early Israelites, end quote. No doubt these men feel Elijah should have set up a council of churches or religions and worked out some comity arrangements with these Baalists. But these prophets of Baal were the persecutors and murderers, together with Jezebel, of God's prophets. They were guilty of idolatry, to which they were guilty of murder. They were the troublers of Israel. They were brought down from the mountain to the dry stream bread of the brook Kishon, so that the flowing waters from the coming rains would wash them and their blood away. Our age has a strange tenderness for evil. I am regularly told by churchmen how wrong it is that my faith of biblical law is, and how harsh it is to criminals. Yet, these same men are unconcerned when I tell them of the persecution of the Christian school leaders and pastors. They even rebuke me for associating with some of these men, because of real or imagined shortcomings in them. No doubt they would have found Elijah to be a hindrance to the faith that they had lived then. Elijah killed these criminal prophets. The Bible gives us no ground for condemning this. Those who twist one or another text to find a pretext to condemn Elijah do violence to Scripture and are an offense to the Lord. Verse 41 And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, and look toward the sea. And he went up, and looked, and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, and the rain stop thee not. 
And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black and the clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jerusalem. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jerusalem. First Kings, chapter 18, verse 41 through 46. This remarkable day comes to a close in a remarkable way. First, there is no hint of any sign of rain. Elijah orders Ahab to eat and drink freely. The drought is over, Elijah declares, and it is time to celebrate, and Ahab obeys. Second, as Ahab waits dutifully at the foot of the mountain until ordered to be off with his chariot in verse 44, Elijah goes up to pray for rain, and his prayer is answered. Third, we suddenly find that Elijah has a servant. He is God's throne man, and in this confrontation, God has both given him a servant and publicly vindicated him. Elijah on the mountain is waiting on by a servant to do his bidding, and King Ahab had been awaiting Elijah's orders word at the base. Fourth, Ahab obeys God's man Elijah, the servant obeys him, and the weather also obeys him, in a sense. God has vindicated both Elijah and himself. Now in the power of the Lord, Elijah outruns Ahab's chariot to the entrance of Jerusalem. God had made a powerful king a servant of his servant compelling Ahab to answer Elijah's summons and move at Elijah's bidding. There was not only a mighty miracle, but a great reversal manifested in the events at Carmel. Elijah received King Ahab's, the priests of Baal, the people of Israel, in an audience at Mount Carmel, and the Lord God confirmed Elijah's power and office as his throne. Man.